Hi, welcome to Women in Chemicals, Women of the Week. I'm Claire. And I'm Kylie, and we're joined today by Shay Warman, who is the manager for the project management office for Brentig. Hi, everyone. Nice to be here. Thank you so much for uh, the spotlight today. It's very, very exciting. We're happy to have you here. Today's episode is sponsored by Brentag. Brentag is the global market leader in chemicals and ingredient distribution. The company holds a central role in connecting customers and suppliers of the chemical industry. Headquartered in Essen, Germany, Brentag has more than 17,000 employees worldwide and operates a network of more than 670 sites in 77 countries. In 2020, Brentag generated sales of around 11.8 billion euro. The two global divisions, Brentag Essentials and Brentag Specialties, provide a full-line portfolio of industrial and specialty chemicals and ingredients, as well as tailor-made application, marketing and supply chain solutions, technical and formulation support, comprehensive regulatory know-how, and digital solutions for a wide range of industries. In a field of sustainability, Brentag pursues specific goals and is committed to sustainable solutions in its own sector and the industry served. Perfect. Thanks, Claire. And again, Shay, thanks so much for being here. We're really excited to have you. Um, the first thing we want to do is introduce you to our community. So please tell your, tell us about yourself, your background, um, and how you got into your current role. And then tell us a little bit about what it was like entering into the chemical industry 15 plus years ago. <laughs> 15 plus years ago sounds so long ago. Um, so my name is Shay. I'm based out of Pen in Pennsylvania. Um, I've been with Brentag obviously now for 15 years. I started almost right out of college. I actually started in the mortgage industry um, when I graduated with a business degree from a, a college in Pennsylvania called Kutztown University. And it happened to be a subprime mortgage industry. So I was in it for about a year and then the economy tanked and I found myself looking for something different to do. Um, I went into my job board at Kutztown and I started looking for a new career and I happened to come across a company in Reading, Pennsylvania called Brentag. And that's kind of where it started. So I joined the company, uh, it was, let's see, 2006, I think, as a marketing assistant. And I just progressed from, from position to position. So I was able to continue to grow. Um, let's see, from a marketing assistant, I became a manager of integrated marketing communications. Uh, I did a little bit of pricing and mar market management. Then I uh, became an account executive and I called on various accounts in New Jersey for, for a little bit. Went to national product management back over into uh, industry sales. So I was a sales manager of our Northeast division and our food and nutrition business for a while. Went back to product management, business development of, of specialty ingredients. And then just recently, about a year ago, I took the current role I'm in as manager project management office. So we're focusing on a very large integration. About a year ago, we acquired, Brentag acquired a company called James Swank. And so my current job with, along with my team is all of the project work that goes along with that integration. Okay, great. So we just discovered a lot of roles and responsibilities throughout your history, Shay. Um, wanting to talk a little bit about 
how you decided when to take a role. So uh, we would be curious to understand a little bit about were those sought after roles, were those proactive or were those reactive roles? Um, would be curious to understand a few of those experiences when you took on these different roles. I would say that it's a combination of all of them, to be honest with you. And I think, uh, well, I was very fortunate at the very beginning of my career to have leaders who asked me about what I wanted to do and what my career aspirations were. And I continue to have those leaders, but it was just very different at the time. And we developed a need within the organization. And those first, you know, the integrated marketing communication, as well as the pricing and market manager positions were created roles because of my desires and kind of what I had talked about with what I would be interested in learning from a, a career standpoint. Uh, the other jobs, I think it was more of a progression, right? Like I went from account manager to uh, product manager, to sales manager, to business development manager. And it was always an opportunity for me to continue to grow my skills um, and professionally. But I, you know, sometimes I had a nudge and sometimes I raised my hand and I said, hey, what about me? I'm interested in something different. Absolutely. I appreciate your like willingness to be always up for a challenge. I think I seek that out myself. So it's great to hear. Um, so we talk about how you've been with the industry for, for some time, but it, I, I guess from personal experience, have seen that folks are not in this industry as long as has been in the past. Um, so would be curious to learn from you, Shay, what benefits you've experienced by staying with the industry, um, but even more so with Brentig in general. Um, and then would be curious to learn some advice from you or things to consider for those that are early in their careers trying to determine, you know, should I stay? Should I, you know, be loyal to this, this industry or this company? Um, so just curious to learn some advice from you there. So for the industry, I think that it's always, when you talk about chemistry and chemicals in general, there's so much that our industry touches. I mean, if you think about it, and I'm sure you talk about this with, with, your friends and your family and anybody that you come and meet, there really is so many opportunities within the chemical industry. So I think for me, 15 years within that industry has been easy because there's always something new. You know, I have a marketing and a sales background. That's kind of where my passion lies. Um, but I've also worked with a lot of very, very smart people who are in finance or innovation, R&D, chemists, engineers, and I think it, there's just always so many different directions that you can go within the chemical industry. It's not just, you know, one specific thing. Like when I was in the mortgage industry, we sold mortgages, right? We sold, we sold loans and that was it. Um, and this is so different. There's just so many other opportunities. Specifically with Brentag, the company is 150 years old plus, you know, and here I'm here 15 years. So I did the math. It's 10% of its whole entire existence, I guess I've been here. Um, but there's always something new happening at Brentech. There's always a new opportunity. There's, you know, for me, I, I, I kind of look at it as there's, there's so many different departments and areas and markets that we touch that it brings a, a tremendous amount of new challenges but yet we can always continue to grow. And that's how I've been within my career with Infratag. Um, For anybody who's starting out or a little bit earlier in their career than I am, I would say find your passion. 
right? And for me, I know what what makes me smile and makes me energized. And uh, it's usually being around people or being in a commercial role. Uh, you know, with the integration project, it's integrating people. It's bringing them into mm -hmm. our culture. I would say, take a look at what do you want to do? What's your long-term goal? And are you in a place that's going to help you get to that long-term goal? Network? Yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm all ears, Shay. You're, I'm learning from your experiences here right now. I do appreciate it. I come from a larger, more diverse organization myself. And I've always appreciated the fact that I feel as though I could pivot careers while maintaining my resources and, and the culture fit that comes with the organization I'm a part of. So that's um, an experience that I can relate to that you've shared here. So thank you. Um, Claire, I want to give you a chance to provide any feedback or commentary before I go to the next question as well. No, I, I, I love hearing your, your experience, Shay, just being with the same company myself for quite a long time and a larger company. Is, so just trying to think about where do I want to go and what brings me passion. And I love that you you know, challenge the organization, but also got the support of the organization to develop roles that speak to your passions and your skills. So I, you know, I'm sure that others would like to hear like a little bit more about that too, from an advice of how to even approach that. If you, if you don't mind Kylie, me asking that, but I was of just course. curious. Yeah. So for me, I think it's really knowing what you want, right? Write it down. Think about where, again, it's that long-term goal. We, I think, Earlier in my career, I thought about the short term, you know, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? What's the next thing? But I, I continue to look at that long-term goal and try to understand what do I need to get there, right? What additional skills, um, experiences will help me end up at that longer term. And then I talk to the people who are already there and find out what were their experiences and ask the questions of how, how could I improve my skills or where should I focus, right? Um, once you figure out what, what is, you know, again, your passion, then I would suggest telling people, right? Tell your friends, tell your coworkers, tell your direct manager, tell the CEO of your company and tell the other women within the, the community um, what your goals and your aspirations are and share it. Because the next thing you know, somebody could have an opening and, and you know, Claire, you're the person that they're going to tap on the shoulder and say, hey, I think you'd be a really good fit. I know that this is something that you want to do. But if you don't share that information, a lot of times people won't know and you, it's just something you keep internal. That's great. Thanks, Shay. Good question, Claire. Um, so Shay, we talked a little bit about how your most recent position, a little over a year, I think you mentioned, um, it's new, you're, you're jumping into it, um, would be curious to understand what that experience has been like so far. So um, things that you considered even from, you know, the early stages of considering this position in general, um, what did you think about before taking on this new position, um, both for yourself, for your new team, for your, your personal life, whatever happens, um, and how those considerations came into play when you jumped into this new role? Absolutely. So it was something that, um, you know, we made the market announcement. So Brentag made the market announcement that we were going to acquire James Swank. And I remember having the conversation with our president of nutrition at the time and saying, hey, this is a really cool opportunity. Let me know how I can support if there's something I can do to get involved. I'd love to. 
Um, and a couple of weeks later, I had a call with him and our senior HR director, and they said, hey, we're going to create this new project management office to run through the integration work, and we'd like you to be part of it. And sometimes I would I would hear about a different position within Burntag, and I might hesitate and ask a few more questions. And in this case, I, I felt like, this is really cool. I mean, when am I ever going to have another opportunity in my life to integrate a, a sizable business like this one. Um, but also I have no idea about, I mean, I have a business background, but I don't know finance. I don't know legal. I don't know IT yeah. systems. There's so many things that I wasn't aware of. And so it was a tremendous opportunity for me to just say, yes, let's do it. You know, and it was scary. It was kind of like, okay, mm -hmm. I, what did I get into? Um, there is a lot of visibility. You know, there's a lot of pressure, a lot of questions, a lot of, uh, documentation control, things that aren't necessarily, you know, in, in my skill set from being a, a, in sales, not to say that people who are in sales are not organized, but, you know, it's just a very, very different kind of structure. And I think for that one, I just took it, right? And I, I wanted to do it. Um, some of my team members are on the phone right now. I see their names. And I think it's really an incredible experience for them to be able to lead and be part of this tremendous change of business. That's awesome. I think it's important to call out, or I, I appreciate you calling out or acknowledging that you are not the expert in some of these facets that you've now taken on. Um, and we talk about this a little bit in some of our interviews about leaning on those folks that are the experts, learning from them, you know, considering that they are the ones that you're going to want to get that advice and guidance from before making these decisions. And I think it, it takes a special person to understand where their strengths are and to also ask for help at the same time, especially in an environment where this is all new. Um, I appreciate your acknowledgement of leaning on the experts in some of those spaces and, and understanding that you might not be the expert in some of these spaces. Absolutely. And I don't want to be the expert in many of those places. I think that they do a tremendous job. And, you know, I, I think that's also the power of networking with people and learning and, and kind of appreciating. I always thought I knew the sales and marketing side and I was, you know, this expert at it and so wonderful and great. And then I was exposed to all of the other facets of the business. And I'm like, I really don't know anything. And I joke yeah. some of my colleagues that I probably learned more in the last year than I did the prior 14. Sure. And it's fresh and it's new now, but it, it is just very tremendous opportunity. Well, I think that speaks to what you're looking for too, though, Shay, right? And all of this new challenge and all of this new information that you're soaking up, you're in this position to really challenge yourself. It sounds like you're right in the spot that you're looking for um, in terms of what fuels you. So that's great. Um, speaking of challenges, let's talk a little bit about some of these challenges as well as your successes that you've experienced in this new position throughout this acquisition. And I want to put some context for those that aren't um, super close to this, um, this acquisition in general. So it sounds like the, the team was working through doubling in size, becoming the leading food ingredients and food process chemicals distributor. Um, so I'd be really curious to understand some of the challenges and successes that you've experienced so far. Yeah, sure. I think some of the biggest challenges is communication, right? And not because I'm involved in the project work. I know what's going on. I, I you know, um, I know what's coming next. I know what the whole plan is. Being better at communicating out to everyone who's impacted and involved 
from an organizational standpoint has been one of the biggest challenges and one of the biggest learnings that I've had. Um, you know, when you talk about it from a business standpoint, I think it's also just making sure that everyone's kind of within the same culture and they're moving in the same direction and collaborating with each other. And, you know, it's, it's, it's two companies coming to one so that, you know, there's different philosophies on both sides. Um, and as long as you can get that team to work together, it's amazing and it's magic. But, you know, sometimes it's just like any kind of relationship. You have to get to know each other. You have to build that trust. You have to understand the direction, direction that you're going in in order to be tremendously successful. Um, can you talk a, a little bit to some of the successes that you've experienced as well? Um, for the integration part, you know, I, a lot of it is still in progress. Um, it's a... It's not just, you know, switch the light and it happens. There's a lot of work that happens on the back end to make sure that all the systems are taken care of correctly. Um, so we're not done yet, you know, so I, I, I'm, I'm happy to celebrate, but there's still a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> and, and maybe that's exactly why you're in the position that you should be in, Shay. You recognize the work that needs to be done. Um, no, I think you mentioned two things that, that hold true for me too. And it's building trust and maintaining this level of communication that enables the building of trust. Um, so I just, I want to kind of call that out for those that are listening in. That's a takeaway that I have. So thanks for sharing. Um, Claire, do you have any comments to add to, to Shay's commentary? Yeah, I, I like you. Communication's one of my biggest values. So I love that you called that out, Shay. And, um, but being thoughtful, like it was a good reminder to be thoughtful of how I communicate and what do people need to know at the different levels and who aren't involved in the project. So I think that's just a good, good way to remind myself of not everybody needs to know everything, but like, what did they need to know? Right. And then, um, and then I loved your comment about bringing two cultures together. Like I can empathize that that's gotta be kind of a challenge for sure. Um, but then like the respectful process of learning from one another and how do you go from two to one that's even stronger and better than when you're apart. So I love that. Absolutely. And I think anything within business and regardless if it's in the chemicals industry or any other industry, it, you know, treating each other with respect is gonna get us so much further than than, you know, having sidebar conversations or chit chat or, you know, just address, address the conflict if there is any and treat each other, you know, the golden rule, right? As you would like to be treated. Absolutely. That reigns true. So Shay, I'm excited to cover this next question. So in your nomination for Women of the Week interview, you were kind of described as the eye of the hurricane. So when things are swirling around, you can remain calm and focus and focus on driving business forward in a positive way. Why do you think that you're able to do this? Is this innate within you or has this been practiced or developed in any sort of way? So I laughed when I saw that <laughs> question come across. Um, so what I didn't share with all of you is that I am a mother and a wife and my son is a 13 year old and I have a 10 year old daughter, my husband's Jeff incredible people. But I told them, I said, Hey, this is really a cool comment. Do you think that I'm the eye of the hurricane? And my son laughed at me. He goes, no, <laughs> you are the hurricane. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I, I'm going to go with, it is probably something that I practice. 
And I should probably practice at home based off of that, that <laughs> comment that he gave me. Um, you know, for me, I think over time with experience, I've learned that some things are going to just come and go kind of like a hurricane, right? It blows in and it blows out. And sometimes it's going to leave a whole bunch of damage behind. Um, but if we as leaders are able to just kind of keep the calm, make sure that we remember where our true north is, what are we supposed to do? Where are we focusing? Cut out the drama, right? I, I'm not a big drama person. Like just keep, keep focus and everything will go okay. And if it needs to be tweaked a little bit, then it gets tweaked. You know, um, I had just like many of you, you know, we went through a pandemic. There were so many different things that happened. If you take a look at the last three or five years, and I had a lot of personal things that happened at that, that period of time. And it helped me to focus and reflect and reset and kind of understand myself a little bit better. And so if there are times that I feel like, you know, the pressure is up and getting a little bit more intense and maybe I'm a little bit more direct than I would want to be a little snippy with people. I can realize those emotions are starting to boil over. And I really, really take the time to kind of sit, pause and reflect. And if I need to take a day off and just reset, because I am not my best person when I am boiling over and I know it and I don't enjoy that person. Mm -hmm. um, so I think maybe that's why I'm able to just kind of remain calm is just take that pause and, and breathe through it and stay focused. It sounds like you've realized that it's to your benefit firstly, but to the benefit of your teams and your units that you work under to take that reset versus trying to push through it in ineffective ways. Exactly. Uh, that's really interesting to hear. I think as we've worked through, and like you said, we've all experienced this pandemic, I've always said it was a very reactive time and continues to be as we navigate out still from a supply chain perspective, for example. Um, and, and during this reactive time, I found myself kind of functioning as a reactive human being in a lot of aspects to my life. Um, so that's really interesting to acknowledge the importance and probably how much more effective it is to really give yourself some grace. I think I was first introduced to that, that concept with Christy Luna, who I think is on the call here, but to give yourself the grace to, to breathe and, and take a second, because at the end of the day, that's probably the best for everyone in those positions. Yeah. Christy's pretty amazing. She sure is. I hope she's on the call. I can't really tell, but, um, and so the next question we have for you, Shay, is uh, around your passion of supporting others and their development throughout your career. So uh, help us to understand kind of those tasks that you're involved in or the actions that you've taken there and what drives you to support others in their career development. Yeah. So when I started out in my career at Brentag, I had a group of very strong women who kind of took me under their wing and created friendships with me uh, and mentored me. And they're, they're still great friends today. Some of them have left Brentag, some of them are still here and some of them have retired. But with, with all of the, the energy and the time that they put into me, I really appreciate them so much. And I feel that I can give that back. And so throughout the rest of my career, I find it so important to just be there for people and listen and help 
and provide a little bit of guidance if it if it's needed, right? Um, it it's just something that gives me joy. At the end of the day, you know, hearing somebody or seeing somebody succeed because they had more confidence or they they played into their own strengths and maybe I had a conversation or was able to support them or send them a thumbs up in the morning, like, hey, you got this, you know, just those little things. And that's what really kind of, like I said, brings me joy. Yeah, we talk a lot about, you know, bringing folks up the ladder with you as you continue throughout your career journey. And I'm just hearing that you're, um, you're very aware of what you can do to lift up the voices of others throughout this process. I think that's really cool to hear and it aligns a lot with what we hope to do here with women in chemicals as well. Claire, do you have anything to add there? Nope. I think you said it all. I think it's, I love the concept of paying it forward or bringing them, bringing each other up. So fantastic. Great. So I, I smiled when I read this next question here, Shay. So it sounds like you're the co-founder of Brentag Women in Nutrition Networking Forum which is providing a platform for women to focus on the development of leadership skills. So would hope to be able to talk to you a little bit about what skills you think, Shay, are the most relevant for our upcoming leaders and any advice on how our community can foster those skills. Absolutely. So my partner in crime, Joanna Barker, is on a call. I see her name. Um, <laughs> and Joanna and I were just kind of talking one day and and talking about what we're going through within our, our company at the time, all the different changes. And we realized that we had so many um, common interests and common challenges the same that we were like, Hey, this is, this is kind of nice to talk about it. And so that's when we decided that we were going to create a space for the women who are on our, our expanded nutrition team um, to just come together and kind of chat and talk about some of these leadership skills that maybe we needed to develop. It was, you know, what else could we do to continue to move up that ladder? For me, I think it's really focusing on things that we've talked about in this call, right? Communication, emotional intelligence, um, networking, ambition, you know, articulating your ambition. It's something that we, we talked about a little bit with telling people what you want to do, what's your passion. Um, I think also, you know, change management and learning how to kind of, they, they call it a VUCA environment, right? Like it's so volatile. You never know what's coming. Just being able to shift and, and change, but maintain your leadership and your style and just be genuine and authentic. Um, those are the things that we bring to our network. And I think that it, it helps, you know, there's, there's Wall Street Journal articles or there's a, Harvard Business Review, or there's so many things that are available for us on the internet right now, you know, YouTube, podcasts, everything, that if we all just continue to work on those skills and develop, you're going to see so many other people that are just going to be lifted up and continue to grow within this industry. Um, so I, I think that's what this community could continue to focus on. Absolutely. Sounds like it really aligns with our attempts at providing resources and content as well. Um, I also appreciate how, you know, you're just finding things through your own research. So you mentioned use cases, podcasts that exist, um, but also creating a community to be able to talk through that 
after reading or listening to it and to learn from different perspectives um, or different takeaways from other people. So like you said, creating an environment to just really speak about what you're learning and, and bounce ideas off of each other uh, has been really important. Um, and creating just a safe space. I'll say I, from experience, when I joined corporate America, I found folks that took me right in and, and supported me as well. And I think that that has really helped to build who I am today and where I've gone. So I think the people aspect of this is also just so important as well. So the next question we have for you, Shay, is, is around growth mindset. So can you tell us a little bit about how you're embracing and encouraging that growth mindset within yourself and your new team? Um, and could you share with us what that growth mindset means to you uh, and what that value is uh, for having a growth mindset? Yeah. So I think for me, growth mindset is always stretching a little bit further than you can reach today, you know, and sometimes we receive feedback that might feel like a little negative, but stepping back and, and taking that in and thinking about how can I, how can I react a little bit differently? Or is that feedback very, very good feedback? And I can maybe twist what I'm doing a little bit more. It's, it's educating, right? And reading or listening to a podcast or an article, um, just continuing to make sure that you're growing as an individual and you're making yourself a little bit better every single day uh, in comparison to just kind of, you know, being, and that's okay too. You know, not everybody has to grow and, and have a growth mindset. It, it could be that, you know, you're perfectly fine with exactly how things are and and comfortable. And that's, that's good too. Um, but for me, I, I encourage my team to kind of take a look at things and how can we always improve and how can we always grow? It sounds like it's creating a space too, to be comfortable to ask questions too, or question the status quo for mm -hmm. sure. And I'm, I'm assuming with this whole integration, we're, we're asking, you know, why does one organization or culture do this? And why do we do this? And how do we hybrid that or take the good pieces of, of both and how do we integrate that properly? So um, I think having that growth mindset, especially in this new position has gotta be to your benefit for sure. Yeah. Um, so we've talked a little bit in our, our kickoff call here, Shay, about um, some advice and guidance from author Juliet Funt um, and this concept of the strategic pause. How do you practice this in your day-to-day -day and what kind of impact has this had on your outcomes and perspectives? And maybe before we jump into that, if you could cover what the strategic pause means to you for those listening in. Mm -hmm. So Juliet Funt, she made, she wrote a book and it's called A Moment to Think. And I, you know, as we were going through the pandemic and it was back to back to back to back to back calls, right? And we were jumping from Zoom call to Zoom call to Zoom call into Zoom call. I don't know about you, but I was exhausted. I felt like mm -hmm. I was driving a car in a rainstorm for four hours. Like I was just so tired. And I found her book around that time. And it really talks about taking a moment to think, even if it's a small, she talks about a wedge of time, you know, that, that small couple minutes to refresh, reset, go out and um, take a breath, step away from your screen, step away from the meeting, kind of refocus so that way you can you can be clear-minded as you're going into your next meeting, um, but also the strategic pause. So I don't know how many women or, or men on or people uh, on this call today work through your vacation, 
right? You get the vacation, but you're still answering your phone calls. You're still having to get all the work completed. You know, the strategic pause gives you an opportunity to sit back and take that time off and go and reflect and do something for yourself. So that way you come back re-energized and recharged so that you can be even better at your job, in your life, with your friends, whatever it may be. And for a long time, I never had that break. You know, I always had my phone on me. I was at the beach and I'd be checking emails and answering phone calls. And I've really learned to condition myself to set it aside. You know, I've told my team, if, if you need me when I'm on vacation, call my personal cell phone number. Right. Right. And they have it. And if it's an emergency, I will answer. But I can tell you that most of the time I don't get a phone call. And just taking that time to make sure that you're, you're recharging and being your best self is so important. So for me, that's the strategic pause. So I have a question, a follow-up question to this. So you mentioned how you had used to leave your door open for a personal cell phone number while you're on vacation for work calls. How have you held yourself accountable in taking this pause? What actions have you taken or what are some examples of, of true actions that you've taken to really take that pause? I leave my work cell phone at home, right? I'm not because I am, I'm constantly with my kids. When I'm off, I, I joke, I'm their personal chauffeur. Like that's my, <laughs> job, my second job. Um, but if I'm at a cheer competition, I don't have my phone. I'm not checking my emails. If you need me, you'll call me on my personal cell phone. Yeah. Uh, if I'm on vacation, I'll bring my laptop, but I make sure that I only have an hour that I'm checking emails if they're really urgent, right? Mm-hmm. Again, if somebody needs me, they're going to find me but it's really going to be something that they feel like they have to call my personal cell phone. And I think that's different, right? It's, it's not a quick text. Um, the other thing is I mentioned earlier, when I'm not feeling my best, I take a day off and I let people know like, Hey, listen, I'm starting to feel like I'm a little short tempered. I'm going to take what I call a shady, you know, <laughs> and I, I go shopping, I go get a pedicure, Maybe I just sit and, and stare out at a park. I mean, whatever I need to do to just make myself yeah. kind of recharge. Um, it's just something I suggest that if you're not doing today, do it and feel no, it. I, I really appreciate the concrete examples to, to learn from. I love this concept of a Shea day. That's great. Um, so Shay, we're coming to kind of the end of the bulk of the questions that we wanted to cover with you today. Um, and I just want to forewarn those that are listening in that we will have time to take questions if there are any. So, uh, start to think about that or put them in the chat. But, um, as we close out, Shay, we want to offer, offer up the opportunity for you to share whatever it is that you might feel strongly about sharing with the community, be it advice, um, recommendations, models that you live by books, podcasts anything really. So I'll open that up for you now. Um, so I'll definitely share some of my favorite podcasts and I think we'll, we'll get that out to the community. But for me, what I'd like to leave with all of you is you're all remarkable people. And anytime you think differently, focus on your strengths. Look at what makes you such a great person because you are your own individual self. And you will do great things. You have done great things and you will continue to do great things. And so I really appreciate this opportunity to be here with all of you um, and share some of my words of wisdom and my experiences. But I hope that you all realize how special you are 
and what a tremendous difference you're making in this uh, chemical industry. Thank you so much for that, Shay. That was so genuine and, and so raw. Um, well, definitely. Well, I don't, I don't want to take away from what you've just shared. I do want to offer up. You did mention that you have some podcasts that you wanted to share. I want to let you have a moment to do that. Otherwise we can summarize those in, in written form as well. Yeah. I mean, for me right now, I'm, I'm listening to uh, Patrick Lencioni's, uh, the working or the, what is it called? The six types of working genius. And if you haven't listened to those podcasts yet, please do. <laughs> I goes back to finding really what your working genius is. Some of you know those strengths that we were talking about mm -hmm. and focusing your and, and channeling your energy into those. Um, it's fantastic. I'm, I'm totally drinking his Kool-Aid right now. <laughs> the other one that I love is John Gordon. He has a book called the energy bus. And so anytime I'm feeling a little bit down or maybe not my best, I love just going back to, to that book. Uh, he also has a couple where he takes little clips out and it's called stay positive because, you know, it's so easy to kind of get stuck in, oh, man, that didn't work out or this business transactions going wrong or whatever it might be, mm -hmm. but just going back and, and remembering to stay positive is so important. So. Great. Very well said. Well, Shay, we, we can't thank you enough um, for your time here this afternoon or this, yeah, it is afternoon already. Um, thank you so much for your advice, your willingness to participate and share your story. It's been fantastic to learn from you today. And I'm really excited to share this with the rest of our community as well. Well, thank you for the opportunity.